Hello, you're listening to the Environmental Christian Podcast. This is the summer stripped-down version. Yesterday, I was able to visit a regenerative farm tucked into the beautiful hills of Tennessee. Uh, It's pretty impressive the way people uh, can do farming well. And regenerative farming... Uh, takes care of the soil and the plants and the animals are a byproduct of that soil. So it's a really interesting concept. Um, And I was able to uh, take a look around and uh, it was, it was beautiful. Uh, The thing that I learned, uh, (laughs) I think we're always looking for a magic fix in that Gardening or farming does not require weeding. And I was hoping with the low-till process that there would be no weeding. Somehow it would be magical. And I learned that is not the case, even with low-tilling farming. Still have quite a few uh, weeds that you need to take care of. But the cycle is pretty interesting how... Uh, animals and um, the grazing patterns. Uh, this this group of cows right now are being managed every day, so they are getting new areas to forage on every day. They're moving every day, uh, which is pretty uh, pretty impressive. Um, but it's interesting always talking with people and, um, sometimes I'm very hesitant, uh, and I know other people are very hesitant. I'm coming from a seminary looking at this regenerative farming process and, uh, Christianity does not have a very good connotation with it right now. And so I'm very aware that um, the way I could be perceived might be based on how Christianity is being portrayed uh, in this day and age, which I believe is is contrary (laughs) to Jesus Christ. Um, But it is what is... um, what is out there in the world, probably the loudest Christianity uh, is contrary to the life and teachings of Jesus Christ. And so I'm very aware of that when I go out, especially in a non-religious place or organization, And to have a conversation with one of the farmers, uh, you know, a little bit about why I want to learn about regenerative farming and also being very careful how I, I wouldn't say careful, but the way I approach the natural world is through a Christian lens um, and and sharing that. Uh, And I find that people who are 
who claim to be non-religious or not Christian, uh, you know, of course, I have a lot of things in common with them. Oh, the rain is coming. We need the rain. Um, But in some ways, how the people perceive themselves connected to what we've portrayed as Christianity. And that is something that I can relate to because I don't relate to how uh, Christianity is portrayed in this world right now. And so I'm very hesitant to claim that I am a Christian um, because I believe that word has been hijacked to mean things that I have no intention of doing or um, believing. Um, uh, I believe Jesus came to this earth to model what living in relationship and community looks like, and Jesus did not separate... um, separate people. Jesus brought people back into community. Uh, and I believe that Christianity right now is, um, people believe that they do the opposite. Uh, and so I try to let people know sometimes that I'm frustrated with Christianity, you know, so if they don't want to be a part of Christianity, I get it because I also feel um, disconnected uh, with people who claim Christianity because of their beliefs that don't seem to fit the man of Jesus uh, that I'm that I know and that I'm familiar with and that I uh, read about and experience in the scriptures. Um. And so I'm always listening (laughs) for those little hints. People will give you hints as to what their beliefs are. Um, They'll give you hints as to who they believe Jesus is, but they will also give you hints to why maybe they do not, I won't say believe in Jesus, but but believe in Jesus' people. Uh, as as persons who are to live out the life of Christ. And so I had a very good um, conversation with the, the farmer there. Uh, I hope I made a good impression. I hope she feels safe and comfortable uh, with me being on the farm and with her um, colleagues um, because I do know that that can make... Uh, that can make people nervous uh, because of how Christians are portrayed and sometimes how they've been approached by Christians. Um, So I'm still struggling with this. Um, I struggle more with 
the people who claim Christianity than I do with people who do not. Uh, If you're going to claim Christianity, I believe we have a a, a much bigger calling (laughs) to to practice um, what Jesus uh, taught and modeled. And sometimes the moniker of Christian is title only. Uh, And so it's starting to lose its meaning. It's either a neutral or it's negative. And I think we need to claim it and bring it back to something that creates hope for people to who who may not be Christian um, to to be able to approach a Christian to know that they're going to be treated with respect and kindness. Uh, and I don't think we're there anymore. Um, and so I think that's something that I would like to I would like to take back. And I've been wondering how, why. Uh, and it's interesting because I brought up I worked with uh, an incredible woman. Uh, from India. She's Indian. She's Hindi. And she, at one point, made the statement that people in India, uh, if you're Christian, you, you're in need. So it seemed like the, the, the more money, power, that you had, you were Hindi, and for those in the lower class, you needed Jesus, and so the lower class people were Christians, uh, which I find very interesting because I think it's almost the opposite in America now where we have people of means and privilege claiming Christianity, and but I'm not sure we know the extent of what it means to really rely on a relationship with Jesus because our needs are met. If I need something, I can get it. If I want something, I can get it. Uh, I am of a privileged community. And so there are needs that need to be met that we cannot buy, we cannot purchase. But I think we cover those things up with the ability to purchase. Um there was a great song many, many years ago by an artist named Plum. There's a God-shaped hole in all of us. And the only thing that fills that God-shaped hole is God. And so if you are lacking in your relationship with God, your heart, your body 
will tell you that. I believe in feedback, and I believe we were created um, with this with this need for a relationship with God. And so, because we're made in God's image, and so we want to have, we're, we're going to feel this need to, to be with God. And we can ignore it, and we can try to fill that need in other areas of our life and with money and, and stuff. But that's never going to fill that God-shaped hole. The only thing that can do that is a relationship with God. And at this point in time, I'm not sure that we know how to do that. H- how do we get a relationship with God? We, we are used to instantaneous um, magic. You know, I can order food from an app and have it delivered to my house. I mean, we are... spoiled most of us this this privileged group that i'm talking about we can have everything at our fingertips but that's not going to fill that god-shaped hole and i think the only thing that can do that is relationship and so with relationship how do we do that and sometimes i think it's because we're not quite sure how to have a relationship when we don't experience a physical or verbal response, perhaps. Like we're waiting for, I have a relationship with another person. It's because we communicate. Uh, we tell each other stories. We share our lives. And I think with Christianity and developing that relationship, uh, one of the things that we miss is the listening aspect. Because listening requires space. It requires silence, whether You're surrounded in the subway with noise, giving yourself the space and the mind practice to create the silence, even when you're surrounded by noise, um, to listen and experience God. And so I feel like in some ways, Christianity right now, one is just a a head thing. Like it's something we say, we maybe have been raised in the church, we may be in the South where it's just, you know, it's something that you tell people you're a Christian and you might only go to church on Christmas and and Easter, but you will will consider yourself Christian. And so it's this name that we just kind of throw around. Uh, that that has no meaning to it um, because we've not put in the work and the time to create a relationship. Um, and, and that is where until we do that, until we can imagine 
a new normal for ourselves. And I actually brought this up with with a professor recently. Uh, you know, we thought COVID might give us a new imagination about what life can look like. And not to be shut down, but to, uh, I mean, I don't know about everybody else, but to to spend more time with, you know, your family, uh, to make time and to spend it together. So I was really looking forward to what I called a new normal, where there wasn't the hustle and bustle and and uh, we we concentrated on relationships more than stuff and and doing and experienced being and it's not uh, it seems like people are forcing trying to get back to normal <laughs> it makes me wonder what we're running from what are we so uncomfortable with that we cannot be in silence, uh, we cannot stop doing things. Um, I know. I will say when I when I moved four and a half years ago, you know the things that I could do if I didn't want to be at my house because I'm alone, and maybe that, and it did brought up uncomfortable feelings. And maybe some things, the feedback, there's something not quite right, and you probably should spend some time dealing with it. I didn't have to. I could get out of my house. I could call a friend. I could go do something and fill that time so I wouldn't have to sit in something that felt uncomfortable. And that might require work to to process and to figure out how to um, write something that's not right in my world. But when I moved, I didn't have that. I didn't have um, those, those comforts, those places I used to seek out when I didn't want to be alone. I didn't have that. I didn't have people to call um, to meet me places. Uh, I was stuck, you know, at my house. And I had to sit in it. And I knew it was best for me to sit in it. But it's not comfortable. And for a privileged person, you know, the stuff I have to sit in is pretty... um, basic and benign uh, in some ways, but it's mine. And so I still have to sit in it, still uncomfortable, maybe different than somebody else and what they need to sit in. Um, It's all important to be able to to sit and to grieve uh, and to pray, but to listen as well in trying to figure out you know, what, why am I feeling this way? And what can I do about it? You know, and then, you know, 
two years later, <laughs> you know, we're still sitting, you know, I started, uh, you know, being quarantined in COVID, kind of felt that way a little bit before COVID hit. Uh, but certainly during COVID, um, but given the time and the space to be able to to do things, and I'm not sure we use that time and space to reevaluate our priorities uh, or spend time and energy on our relationships with other people or with God, uh, and so we're still we're still stuck where we were, and it may even be even more um, where we can feel it uh, because it kind of you know. COVID could have created anxiety because we don't want to deal with that stuff. And so when we come out of that quarantine, we're seeking even more to fill our time and our space and our head uh, with, with things that make us feel good versus sitting in the stuff that does not make us feel good. Uh, and so, you know, this month, you know, let's take a look at How are we, really? How are our relationships? If our relationships with each other are not good, you know, our relationships with God's creation is probably not good either. Um, I think we experienced that this week. There was uh, vandalism in our church garden. There were people who picked off green tomatoes and threw them in the parking lot and uh, pulled up our plants and and cut plants. Uh, Enough for me to know that it wasn't the normal animal activity that we sometimes have. but I don't understand vandalism or or that. Why does a person do something like that? Um, and it made me very angry, but it also made me very sad. And so for me, I'm like, that's feedback. That's feedback for that person. But it also lets me know there's somebody in my community, and we already know this, but there are times when it's kind of flung in our face. There's somebody in our community who is hurting. And in order to help other people, yeah, I think of stewards on airplanes. You know, if you pay attention to the emergency instructions at the beginning of a flight, they will tell you when the oxygen masks drop, you put yours on first. And as a parent now, thinking about putting mine on before I put my child's on just did not sit well with me. And so I had to think about it. Why? And I thought, well, it's not going to do your son much good if you pass out or if something happens to you. Um, if you've got your oxygen mask on, you're a lot more helpful to the people around you. And I've 
I believe, uh, and I'm, I'm preaching to myself, all of this is, is pretty much preaching to myself, but I believe we don't put our own oxygen masks on. And when we don't take care of ourselves, it's hard to take care of others. And we have a lot of others to take care of because it's not just about us. It's not just about our family who lives in our house. It's, it's about our neighbors. It's about the people down the street. It's about the people across the world. Um, but we have to put our oxygen mask on. And that oxygen mask has to be our relationship with God. And with Jesus. So this month, how are you going to put your oxygen mask on first? And for some people, this is going to feel very selfish. But it's not. Because you cannot take care of other people if you are not taking care of yourself, you might be able you might be able to convince yourself that it can be done, and you might be able to do it short term, but it's not going to be long term. And we need to think long term. Like we have got to get our relationship with God and our oxygen mask on, so we can be Christ to the world. So that's our assignment this month. Thank you for listening to the Environmental Christian Podcast.